I remember waking up in the middle of the night or just like laying in the fetal position in the morning. And I, I remember texting my boss and saying, you know, I can't make it to work today. Hello, people of the interwebs. I'm Tash Doherty and welcome to the Practical Guide to Pussyhood, the show about birth control, periods and liberating yourself from the patriarchy. A couple of weeks ago, I got to interview Lulu G. Lulu is the co-founder and CEO of Elix Healing. She leads Elix along with Dr. Nicole Glaith, and together they have spent the last two years developing natural supplements as an alternative for period pain based on traditional Chinese medicine. Lulu and I agree on the main message in this episode. If you have bad period pain and you don't want to take hormonal birth control, then you should not suffer in silence. Thanks to Lulu and her team, a natural option for solving this problem now exists. But the real question is, could a personalized blend of Chinese herbal medicine do the trick for you in helping to reduce your period pain? And is the science there to back it up? Let's find out. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Practical Guide to Pussyhood. I'm Tash Doherty, and today I have a really wonderful guest with me, Lulu G, who's the founder and CEO of Elix Healing. Yep. Yes, so Lulu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tash. I'm so excited to be in sunny San Francisco and here with you. Yeah, it's very sunny, <laughs> even though it's like the middle of January. Right. So I would love to learn more mm-hmm. about Elix and how you got started to yeah. the Chinese medicine and these traditional supplements that can actually help with menstrual cramps and all different kinds of aspects of people's periods Mm -hmm. Um, and as somebody who suffered from bad periods from a very young age which my listeners will know I am very curious to hear more about how these supplements can actually help women and people who have periods and if there have been any meta-analyses done and studies to show you know overall with larger sample sizes and with many people taking them do they work yeah so that's my main question to you Yeah, really excited to get into it. So to answer your first question about uh, why we started Elix, so my background's actually in consumer healthcare and retail consulting. And most recently, I ran a team called Change and Transformation for Saks Fifth Avenue and the parent company. And I never thought I would start a company. I was really happy in my corporate career, climbing the corporate ladder. And about three years ago, I uh, it was just after I got married, and I had always kind of hated hormonal birth control. I'd been mm. on it for about 16 years, but it always made me feel kind of nauseous and unsettled, and I'd always forget to take it. And so mm. after getting married, I was like, okay, well, now's the time. You know, it's not that big of a deal if there's an accident. So I decided to go off birth control. So when we're talking about hormonal birth control mm-hmm. here, you're talking about the pill, just yes. standard combined estrogen progestin exactly. pills. Yep. Yes. And so what kind of side effects or like experiences did you have that, I mean, also 16 years, again, I think it's important for listeners to realize when you go on birth control, you want to probably not be pregnant for like 30 years mm-hmm. in total. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're this teenager or this young girl sitting yeah. in an office and their doctor's like, here's some pills, you don't imagine maybe 16 years later, you're still going to be taking right. the same hormones. Right. Well, and what's crazy is we, I feel like in the US, we don't really share all of the potential short-term and long-term side effects of birth control. It's kind of like
like a cure-all for everything. And when you're 10, 11, 12 years old and your doctor's like, take this thing, it'll make you feel better. You just, and you're like, oh, great. Yeah. You don't think to ask many additional questions. Mm -hmm. And so um, anyways, but when I first went off hormonal birth control, I was shocked. I literally couldn't move my body two to three days a month. I started experiencing the most painful, just like sharp shooting, like someone was like stabbing me with a dagger in the uterus Your type of pain. Would just oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and it wasn't even just in my abdomen. It was like my lower back. It was like migraines, bloating. I remember waking up in the middle of the night or just like laying in the fetal position in the morning, and I I remember texting my boss and saying, you know, I can't make it to work today. And that was the first time in my life I had experienced excruciating pain like that. Um, and not only did I feel awful physically, it was it was just like a stressful thing. I remember every month feeling like, you know, tracking my cycle and knowing that, oh my gosh, this is coming and scheduling meetings around it, scheduling social events around it, because I just, it was like this thing that had to be managed. And long story short, um, my grandfather actually ran a hospital in China, in Hunan, China, and it was the hospital I was born into. So, um, so my, I mean, the long story short is my grandfather eventually introduced me to a doctor in China who helped um, get rid of my period pain with a personalized blend of herbs. And that was when a light bulb moment went off. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many women I work with, I'm friends with who are suffering and there's another alternative solution here. Yeah, I think it just really bothers me because I mean, I'm much earlier in my career, but even in my most recent job, you know, one of my coworkers came to me and she was like, oh my God, I'm on my period. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's insane because I was also suffering in silence for like 10 years mm-hmm. with period cramps. And, mm-hmm. you know, here we are, trying to work, go to school, study, expected yeah. to compete on mm-hmm. an even, even playing field mm-hmm. where little do people know every for literally days out of the month, mm-hmm. you're basically completely debilitated. Yeah. So yeah. because you'd been on birth control for a long time, had you not had your regular periods, right? The pill had been kind of regulating your periods. So you hadn't felt them as badly. Yeah. I mean, regulating in quotes, because, you know, as, as you know, I'm sure um, a lot of what the pill does is shut off our hormonal pathways and the communication between our brain and our ovaries. And so it, it's kind of like you actually don't even have to bleed when you're on the pill, but they include that row of sugar um, pills because it would feel awkward if we were taking this thing and our period stops, which is much like what happens on the IED. But and I could go into that forever. But anyways, yeah, like I because at such a young age, I went on birth control. I just I never I never experienced pain like that until I went off. And it's crazy, you know, you talk about the stigmas associated with period pain because unless we feel it ourselves, it's really easy to fall into that pattern. And I was totally guilty of this, of judging other women when, Mm. you know, you had to... (laughs) Because it's like you couldn't do something because of your period. It's almost like there's this modern notion of feminism that like a strong woman can do anything a man can do. And I feel like to live up to this society narrative we have to pretend like these things don't exist and actually there was a study um, by HR Institute that shared that 46% of women are actually embarrassed to tell our um, supervisors or our work about our period pain yeah and so when we call in sick which 
I mean, I was totally guilty of this again. Mm-hmm. We'd blame it on stomach virus or we have the cold or we might talk about migraine headaches, mm. but it's almost like there's this like taboo saying that it's related to my period. Yeah. And as a result, you know, I think we as a society underestimate how big and how serious of a problem premenstrual symptoms are. And it's just reduced to this kind of like, oh, it's just PMS. Yeah. When it's been documented that the pain is as intense as a heart attack at times yeah well i'm not i haven't heard about the heart attack thing but i can tell tell from my own personal experience there were days when you're being close to the point where you're like vomiting and Mm -hmm. you know you're so uh, debilitated even if i forgot to take painkillers for example Mm -hmm. so i think also what's interesting about the supplements and things is that I was also consuming a lot of ibuprofen, maybe mm. three ib three six hundred milligrams of ibuprofen every four hours mm-hmm. for the first three days or mm-hmm. something of my period. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people are on prescription painkillers for various different reasons. And you know, you probably it, it was for a real medical need, but. Yeah, it was annoying to have to take that many pills and I didn't know in the long term, you know, what would happen to me if I was taking just tons of ibuprofen. Well, it's awful for our stomach lining. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's been shown that, I mean, so today it's like if you have excruciating period pain, the number one solution is actually to put you on birth control. Yeah, It's crazy, I think, that 58% of women are actually on birth control to Mm -hmm. manage a menstrual-related symptom. Yeah, And I'm not anti-birth control by any means. I think it's done amazing wonders in liberating women and increasing our ability to to work, to earn um, higher wages and so forth. But I'm anti-birth control as the only option. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be the case where the majority of people on birth control are taking it to manage the symptoms. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And just to be clear, I'm part of the hormonal IUD camp of people mm. now. So I think, you know, by the time I was 21, I was like, okay, let's get a hormonal IUD to solve this specific problem. But, you know, let's. I don't want my IUD anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe I want to have kids, but I still don't want to have terrible, painful periods while I'm, yeah. you know, while I'm in that phase of my life. Um yeah, I think it's a really important thing to be able to offer more natural and mm-hmm. like f- supplements that work um, to solve those kinds of menstrual issues. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. We actually had one woman in our pilot. So I should mention that we recently just soft-launched Elix after two years of R&D and beta Ooh, testing. Yeah, wow. my, my co-founder, um, Dr. Nicole Glaith, she's actually one of my best friends from college, mm-hmm. and she did her doctoral research on the benefits of Chinese herbal medicine for primary dysmenorrhea, which is period pain without underlying condition. Um, she's a board-certified acupuncturist and herbalist, and she's part of the the only top 1% of acupuncturists to go on and achieve a doctoral degree. Wow. And um, so it was like, as I was going through this personal experience and shock that these herbs work I remember calling her I was like Nicole like is this just a placebo how is it that these herbs are so effective and she was like well um which herbs did the doctor give you and so I gave her the list of my dozen herbs and she was like oh yeah that makes sense because Dongui is known to balance your estrogen and progesterone and help build blood and licorice is really great for like bloating and so forth and this and so she kind of was the one that um, brought the science to the holistic for me because I had always grown up with these herbs but it was kind of like this thing past down from my family and my culture and I didn't realize there was so much science Mm. behind it and so 
Nicole actually looked at 246 clinical trials and studies that suggest when Chinese herbal medicine is personalized for primary dysmenorrhea, and there was a specific body of studies that showed there's an 87 to 100% efficacy, and after three-month treatment, the results hold up for up to three months post-treatment, mm. which suggests that the way these herbs work is actually getting at the underlying root cause of the hormonal imbalance and the inflammation that's triggering the symptoms versus like painkillers or even even CBD, which is just really masking the symptoms. And so the second you stop taking your painkillers, it comes back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that always happens to me because then I would have to take another round of like three ibuprofens. Mm. So just curious about yeah. like this little bottle here that I have with me. So is it like a daily supplement that you have to take? And so how do you actually like go about taking the right amount of these personalized herbs. Yeah, so we actually have an online health assessment that's free for anyone to take because herbal medicine is most effective when it's personalized. And we really view the health assessment as an educational tool as well. We got a lot of feedback when we were in beta. And I should mention in beta, we had over 2000 women take our online health assessment. And so with your background, I'm sure you find this interesting. We're able to run a lot of um, UI experiments and just see like, you know, where is their drop off, get a lot of feedback about the questions. Because um, we got a lot of pushback initially from advisors saying, you can't put a 10 minute 50 to 60 question um, survey on the internet and expect women to complete it. And we're Mm. like, why not? They're like, because it's way too long. No one has time for that. Mm. Um, But we actually saw in beta like a 70 to 80% completion rate on yeah. the first try. That's pretty good. I think people are like bored enough with their period pains. <laughs> They're willing to do, to take yeah. some time to answer questions, to do something about it. Well, and we got feedback that the types of questions we're asking are things that she's never been asked before, even by her gynecologist. Mm-hmm. You know, questions in terms of what's the color of your blood? Do you get menstrual clotting? And throughout the survey, we kind of have these um, educational pop-ups, like what is a regular cycle? what's irregular and so we got a lot of feedback that the process of taking the survey actually helped her learn a lot about her cycle and so we're really excited to build that out with the soft launch but based on the results you kind of get matched Chinese medicine uses pattern diagnosis to figure out what's the underlying cause of the imbalance so you you learn what your pattern is and then we show the specific herbs that are best at regulating and why mm-hmm. and what are the studies that really back up their approach and show how they're actually working on our hormonal pathways. Yeah, I really like that. And it seems like you're really getting into a lot of the hormonal health elements Mm -hmm. of things. And I've also talked to some previous founders and stuff who work in this area as well, because you can't imagine that in our most natural states, like for example, with me in my periods or you in your periods, that our bodies would be doing this much pain and this many horrible things to us. And so it's just really difficult to, to know like why that would be happening. And I think without more attention and without more open dialogue about mm-hmm. it it's not the way that things have to be it is right. it is normal and it's natural in that sense but i th- do think we can use other like natural supplements or things to to better improve the situation for people yeah and i mean we by no means say that the herbs are kind of like a cure-all and you could be like you know sleeping three hours working crazy hours eating french fries and binge drinking and just take these herbs and that's it yeah i I think there's there's kind of like a holistic health full body element um and so we're actually building a platform where we have 
acupuncture ambassadors, herbalists, dietitians, and other holistic healers really talk about, you know, kind of what does living a more um, balanced, hormonally balanced life look like? And what is the role of lifestyle adjustments, diet, exercise, sleep, and all of those other elements? So is it your goal to just have women experience less pain for purely mm-hmm. functioning reasons? Or do you have like a broader mission as well as to... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, our broader mission is really to be her trusted friend and advisor from her first period to her last hot flash and everything in between so that she can really feel and do her best out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Because like everything that we kind of experience as women throughout our life stages is connected to our hormonal health. And to your earlier point, there's kind of not enough dialogue and conversation about it. Mm. And as a result, we women feel so alone at these different life stages. Like, you know, something really interesting is um, about 40% of our women in beta were actually over the age of 35. And you kind of don't, you think of like PMS and the stereotype is like, oh, that teenager, that teenage girl with PMS. But Mm. it's like, no, like our cycles could become really volatile after childbirth Mm. or at the earlier onset of perimenopause. Um, But it's like, we're not having these conversations as much in our 30s, 40s and beyond. And yet period health is still super important. So we're super passionate about starting these conversations and to your point, destigmatizing this whole category of menstrual health. Yeah, I think it's annoying again I always say in these episodes like I'm glad that people are doing these things now we should have had this like 100 years ago Um, so but I do think it kind of makes my blood boil a little bit when I meet a woman who's like 30 years old and she's like asking me about birth control types and I just feel like we've let her down Mm -hmm. basically 100% and it's just and it's and yes you want to provide education and you want to help her access whatever she needs but it's also just a symptom of the system and how we've all just slipped through you know all of these cracks basically yeah something my co-founder and I are super passionate about is essentially reinventing sex ed um and so more to come on that soon yeah I think (laughs) literally it's so interesting I, I wish that we could kind of get everyone together because I also write articles about birth control and like the other founders that I've talked to are also interested in this sex ed topic and I don't know maybe it is a question of just everyone stabbing at this problem from like 15 different angles definitely and then you know figuring out what sticks with people yeah what would you write about for example I think to start is just talking about kind of the short-term and long-term risks of birth control and painkillers and really, you know, why it's not sustainable solutions Mm -hmm. to women's health and why we deserve better and really the link between all of these things to our hormones and how our hormones affect not just how we feel when we're on our period. It's not just about like, oh, let's make these cramps go away, which cramps are kind of one of like over a dozen different symptoms related to our menstrual cycle. Um, but it's really also about how we feel every other day of the month as well. Like in Chinese medicine, there's this concept that if you balance your cycle while you're on your period, then you actually feel the benefits from an energy, sleep, um, appetite, cravings perspective throughout the rest of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um I feel like at some level, I'm kind of an anti-naturalist, though. Okay. As a feminist, I think I'm kind of struggling with this notion. I think probably because I, I struggled with bad periods for so long. Sure. Um, and I also just, you know, watched too many of my friends go through, like, painful abortions or, you know, stressful Plan B experiences. So, I don't know. How would you balance, like, 
needing birth control to prevent pregnancy, but also the hormonal element of it. Like, would you rather yeah. just see, like, do you think, like, okay, corporate IUDs, like, everyone should just get a corporate IUD and then use Chinese medicine supplements to yeah. relieve their period pains, for example? Well, what's really interesting is that we're taking these, like, long-term health-altering hormonal contraceptives throughout 30 days of the month and for years and years and years when really we can only get pregnant one week a Mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm really bullish on the future of digital birth control and using natural contraceptive methods as an alternative option. And again, that's something I think we're not talking about enough. But more so, I guess, back to my earlier point, I'm not anti-birth control for contraception, but I'm anti the 60% of women who are essentially blindly prescribe birth control to manage the symptoms of menstruation. Mm -hmm. I think we can do better for women's health there. And I'm also super passionate about reducing the number of hysterectomies performed in this country. I think it's absolutely insane that somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 to 600,000 hysterectomies, it's like, we can't figure out where the pain is coming from or what's causing it. So let's just like remove everything. Mm. And it's been estimated that around 60 to 70% of those were overprescribed and potentially unnecessary mm-hmm. and that's such an invasive surgery so do you mean like hysterectomies simply because women ha- are having period problems yes okay, exactly right. yeah heavy bleeding painful bleeding and as a society as in western medicine right now i feel like we failed these women okay yeah because i i think there should be fewer hysterectomies for a different reason which is that the vasectomy is a much simpler so the the hysterectomies is when you get your tubes tied and a vasectomy is when, you know, the man gets his vas deferens interrupted so that the sperm can't, um, you know. Vasectomies are a much simpler procedure for men than they are for women, but there's only four countries in the world where there are more vasectomies than there are hysterectomies. And a lot of women that I met who have hysterectomies usually just get them because they're like, I'm done having kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of that. So there could be benefits in that sense for people should just get the man to have a vasectomy as well, rather than the woman have a hysterectomy maybe yeah 100% yeah (laughs) I think there's just so much opportunity um, in women's health today for more alternative solutions yeah and so in terms of like the fertility awareness method would you promote that in terms of one of these new solutions that's more natural the fertility awareness method yeah so it's like you know you track your cycle or you track your, your temperature every day Okay, so unfortunately, I think from my perspective, those methods have a slightly less high efficacy than like the IUD, for example. So do you think that there could be opportunities as well to improve adherence to make sure that people are measuring their temperature properly every day? Like, it's hard for me to want to support those kinds of methods if they're also going to be less effective um, in terms of preventing pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think efficacy of a lot of these practices really depends on how people are using them. What I'm advocating is not one thing over another. I'm advocating more education and awareness of all of the possibilities. You know, let's stop this blind prescription of one type over another based on how doctors are getting kickbacks and how the system is incentivizing people who work in the medical field. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I really like to meet people at this kind of phase with the beta phase because it's when our listeners can come in and either help or like go online and check it out. Um, So what's the next step at the moment? And like, do you have any things coming up in the next like six months? Yeah, yeah. So we just soft launched earlier this month and we were featured in Forbes as one of the top femtech companies of 2019 and had a full um, full feature. And we also just had a really great piece in BuzzFeed, Uh, Laura Parker, who suffers from endometriosis tried our product when we were in beta for seven months and it's really 
one of the first things she's found that's actually helped her with her chronic condition. So we're just really excited about being able to help the millions of women who are suffering. Um, and for everyone listening, we encourage you to go to elixhealing.com, take the health assessment, learn more about your cycle, your health, herbs that could possibly support you. And we welcome your questions and feedback. Cool. And I think it's great that you've already tested it with like 2,000 people. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And we're actually launching our um, first set of clinical studies and trials later this year. So more to share on that. Yeah. What are you guys going to focus on, you know, building? Is it a question of just launching online or are you going to have stores? Are you going to have other products? Like what's that roadmap looking like? Yeah, so we're really passionate about using technology and combining that with the ancient wisdom of herbal medicine. And so for us, it's less about going into retail and wholesale immediately because of the personalized nature of the product, um, more about pop-up experiences and educational events and community building. So for example, um, our full launch is International Women's Day and we're kind of, we're planning a whole day of educational events and talks and panels around women's health, shattering the glass ceiling of access to solutions uh, in New York and LA. Cool. New York and LA. Mm -hmm. So I can link those later so that people listening can yeah, go check yeah, that out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, is there any uh, anything else you can tell us? So what, what kinds of clinical studies have you been uh, working on or is it not um, public information? Uh, not at this time, but I can circle back with you in a few months. Okay, cool. I'll definitely check that out. That sounds amazing. Anyway, Lulu, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Uh, it's been wonderful having you and learning about alternatives for helping menstrual pain and cramps and everything else. Awesome. Thank you for everything that you're doing to spread the knowledge. I'm really grateful to Lulu and her team at Elix for the work they're doing to improve menstrual wellness. I do think, though, we also need more high-quality studies in this field so that we can get closer to proving whether or not these natural supplements actually work. I couldn't find any meta-studies or double-blind randomized control trials on the traditional supplements used in Elix. However, Lulu and her team are deep into doing more research to discover for sure whether or not these herbal blends make a difference. Still, if I had listened to this story back in the day when I had painful periods, I probably would have just given it a try. Natural supplements are not going to hurt you, and if anything, they might even make you feel a lot better. You can follow Lulu and Elix on their journey at elixhealing.com and check out Elix Healing on Instagram. If you have any feedback on this episode and any suggestions for content for the Practical Guide to Pussyhood, feel free to message me. My handle on Instagram is Tash R. Doherty, or you can visit tashdoherty.com to learn more. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day and join us soon for some more insights into the Practical Guide to Pussyhood later. Lots of love. Bye.